0: Yeah, I'm glad you're all here. Yeah, um, got a. How do I know we've got a lot, mostly young people in this church? But uh, there used to be a man named Paul Harvey. The old people, everybody knows Paul Harvey. Wasn't he a good man? Him and his wife were really good Christian people, and uh, you know, as I grew up, Paul Harvey was a, a commentary and. And different things on the radio. And he always had, uh, what, was, what was the thing he always had? The rest, the, <laughs> the rest of the story. Didn't he have good stories? I always enjoyed that so much. And the Young people, you guys miss out on some really cool stuff that we had. I know we didn't have the technology and have all the cool toys you guys have today. But, but we really had some really wonderful people back then that could do some wonderful things. And Paul Harvey was one of those. And in 1965, uh, a lot of the older people will know this. Um, he gave out almost, uh, almost like prophecy. Of what uh, he thought would happen and it says uh, if I was if I were the devil I won't play that for you in just a minute but uh, this is the last Sunday of uh, the series that we've been in without a cause and uh, this is the tenth one and we're going to be done with that this Sunday we'll head a different direction uh, starting next week so I hope you enjoyed them we're going to start with the first few verses that we uh, started the very series with in Joshua uh, we'll start with that in a minute we will have everybody stand and read let's open in prayer Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Father, we thank you for, um, Lord, for this, this praise band that we have up here, in Brook and all the girls, and uh, the guys, Father, they just uh, they just continue to uh, uh, teach me how to worship you through their words, and through their motions and their feelings, and just, uh, Father, I just thank you so much for them, and, and Lord, I thank you for the church, and the ones that came and, and helped yesterday, and just to continue to always be doing something in this church, and Father, we ask you to just to be with all the ones here today, and, and bless the... Uh, uh, all the children and the leaders over there, Father and, and and Lord, for all the all the new people here today, we just ask you to bless them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Um. Are we ready? Woo! Message day is called Hope's Last Stand, and uh, trying to tie tie a lot of lot of loose ends up with all the things we've been talking about the last uh, ten weeks and. Um, the church is always hope's last stand with the church. Everybody everybody raise your hand if you're the church. Yeah, yeah you, you're the hope. You're hope's last stand. You're it. Because, see, the, if, if you don't have hope in Jesus Christ, I don't know what you're hoping in. I mean, go find a squirrel out there and somebody will probably shoot it on you. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Or somebody will run over it or something. That's not much hope, is it? So uh, if our hope's not grounded in, in the facts of... The word of God and in Jesus Christ and our hope is is just a it's just a word, it's just a word that doesn't doesn't, doesn't amount to much, but when if you can recognize that the church has always been hope's last stand, and we're going to talk about David and Goliath a little bit this morning start out and uh, everybody know David Goliath's story I'm sure you do, but you know what one, one of the things that amazes me about God's word and I, this is what we're teaching on on Sunday on Sunday nights the next two Sunday nights uh, it's uh, called uh, Big Mistakes. It's called the Bible study and I'm not teaching a Bible study I'm teaching how to study the Bible and it'll be tonight at 6 o'clock and you can come in tonight or, or next Sunday you're still gonna get the same tools that we gave out and I'm going to show you how to how to how to study the Bible and you'll have a little homework assignment too but it's teaching you how to study the Bible and once you learn how to study the Bible how to make it applicable for your life instead of just some uh, history or some things that happened to people back in back in the old it, it is something that it, that is part of your life God's word, no matter if it's David and Goliath and no matter if it's the Apostle Paul, it all is part of my life. and He tries to uh, allow me to see how apical it is for my life. And so when we look at David and Goliath, many people say, I know that story. No, 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 no. You just know what the words tell you. There's a lot more than the words. There's a spiritual aspect of it that's so applicable to your life today. Because a lot of us can be like David. We feel like we're, we're, the, we're, you know, that's, we're the small guy on the totem pole. You know that everything's against us. But there's so much more to it than just that. And so today, when we open up the scriptures for just a few verses out of there, we're going to try to to bring it alive to you today to see that you can be David. And David was the last hope for Israel. So as we get into that, hopefully it'll open you up and we'll see. You got that ready? Go ahead and show it.
1: the young I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good
0: day. Wow! Now, when when did Paul Harvey make that popular? 1965. Wow. (laughs) Pretty amazing, isn't it? What part of that hasn't come true? And I don't mean to to get you all, like, down in the dumps, because there's hope, amen? There's hope. And I tell you, it's not in politics, and it's not in government, although Satan wants us to have our hope in government, although Satan wants everybody to turn to the government for everything it can possibly do for us, that is not God's way. God's way is to trust him, amen? To have hope in him. If people would spend more time in the Word of God and on their knees praying and having a relationship with God, they wouldn't be worrying about the stuff they don't need. Hope's last stand, the church. Let's get started. It's not working, guys. There we go. Everybody stand, please, we'll read this. And it came to pass... father once more lord we come to you today and father we ask you to open our hearts and our minds and every aspect of our lives father that we would never turn to anyone but you father as we turn to you the scriptures open up to us and it becomes so wonderful for our lives and lord i'm asking you to take this church and continue to bless it father that we can be the hope for so many others it's in jesus name i pray amen and I won't, I've preached on this so many times, and some of you have never heard this before. It's a, it's a wonderful passage to write down and keep it because whenever you think somebody else can do something for you, or wherever you think Jesus should be on your side, you've got to go back and say, he's not on my side, I'm on his side. And we can always get out of that, that line of thinking. With Well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's always what he says is where we belong. And as long as you're right where he says, what he wants to do, as long as he's our commander, Then you're gonna be just fine amen no matter what the world looks like no matter what happens you're going to be just fine because he's promised that to us next please all who are righteous we're going to talk about david glassman that's why i put this on honor all who are righteous come let hope take its last stand in the valley of the shadow of death all who are righteous that means all the people the people of the church the people of, of jesus christ Come, let hope take his, hope like his last stand in the valley, the shadow of death. And, of course, David wrote Psalms 23 where he mentioned the shadow of death. And this, when we start this history lesson out here, David is, is right there. He's going to be in that valley. And he's going to meet a, a giant, which all of you know about this, but we're going to open it up a little bit. All of you know about this giant. But there's so much more. Go ahead, please. Faith says do more than just stand there. That's what David did. David was a young, young man, I don't know, probably a teenager. A young man, not nothing of, of uh, he wasn't working out in the gym every day. He wasn't something that everybody would say, oh, here comes our hero. And he would be the last, last thing that you would think would be the last hope. But he was what he was, was a, a true man of God. And why? And why the Philistines which represents evil or Satan or, or the, the sin coming upon us as they come up. And as Goliath comes out every single day for a while and comes out and throws out every piece of propaganda he can throw out at Israel. Israel just folds and knuckles and, and becomes so fearful and scared. And so David, on a, really on a whim, his dad sent him out there to take some food to his brothers that were fighting. David was not old enough to fight. He's taking care of the the sheep, but he is also carrying, as he's taking care of the sheep out in the field, he has killed a bear, he has killed a lion with his sling. And that shows you something. He's not scared of anything, is he? And so this young boy that nobody should ever even think of anything all of a sudden becomes the last hope for Israel. Now, David would represent the church today. We are the last hope for humanity. We're the last hope. If America, if the church in America goes down, it's going down everywhere. I know we got great people all over the world doing things, but America leads the world. Amen? It leads the world. And if the church falters, if it fails, or if we have taken down, the whole world will start to crumble. What holds this world together is God's church. And don't you ever forget that. It's the church of Christ that holds everything together. Because when we're removed, this world will fall apart. Faith says, do more than just stand there. And that's what David was. He saw the problem. He saw the issue. As he comes up, he sees this, this guy. He's not paying much attention to him. He doesn't really look at his size. He's not worried about those things. And he sees the situation. And he sees the yelling and the screaming of this guy. And that's called propaganda that we have today. Go ahead, please. Hope reveals what you believe, amen. It really it, it, it reveals what I believe. Of. If I have hope in that squirrel that this got ran over, well, man, I'm just going to fall apart. But if I got hope in something that is everlasting, then it, it reveals that in my life, and it builds the confidence. How long ago did we talk about confidence? Three, four weeks ago. Confidence and consistency and bravery to come together to fulfill God's purpose with fortitude. We can push back the boundaries stolen by this world and Satan. You can do it because you're the last hope. Go ahead, please. In 1 Samuel 17:45, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword. In which he did. He was a huge man. I, I forget, the, I used to know the exact height. I'm about nine foot or something like that. A huge man. He scared everybody to death. And he says, but David said, you come to me with... Come to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in what? Everybody say that. That makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? No matter what what this world looks like, no matter what's going on out there, when you can say, I come to you with the name of the Lord of the host, I come to you with the Lord in my life. I come to you with him in my life. I'm not worried about your propaganda. I'm not worried about what it looks like. That does not concern me because the Lord is in me. Amen? If we quit, quit looking at all the situations and look at God, then these problems we have in this country throughout the world, we wouldn't have him so much. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled by coming over and cursing at them and calling them every name you can think of, trying to scare them to death, trying to keep fear in their lives. The one thing propaganda always wants to do is draw fear to you. It always does. Because fear shuts you down, doesn't it? I mean, fear just flat shuts you down. If you're in fear of something, then you need to get on your knees and ask God to take that fear away from you. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. And I can list off thing after thing after thing. And you say, I can't beat it, I can't get past it. Well, you're not allowing God to do it. You're like the Israel all standing over here looking at the problem and not the solution. If you keep looking at that problem, you're never going to get it solved. But when you turn your eyes on the Lord, that can solve every single problem. Then this, your life will change, amen? Go ahead, please. Then all of assembly. Y'all know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands David wasn't delusional He wasn't on a, a death trip He wasn't on any of those things. He just knew who God was Let me let me expand a little bit. He just knew who God was So if, if fear is is trembling all of Israel and I mean all Israel from King Saul all the way down all the great men of war Fear has got them to their knees, hiding from from this one giant, and they won't go out. And here comes comes God with one little boy. I'll take care of your problem. I'll take take care of every issue you have. Because see, right now, the main issue is your fear, even though you don't know it's your fear. He says, I'll take care of that. And I'm going to take care of it with somebody that has no business being able to conquer this giant of a man so what god wants to do is destroy your fear does that make sense if you can get god to take every bit of fear out of your life then the propaganda of whatever's coming upon your life from satan it just bounces off it just bounces off It's flipping off like a little mosquito it just bounces off but if satan can get the fear to continue to control your life then you're going to bow down just like all of israel and how can we be the last hope for the world if we're bowing down and scared of everything that comes around us we can't be That all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands then you just take that and, and if, if you truly have a relationship with Christ and you truly want the fear in your life or anything that's battling your life to be done then you can put your name right there you can put I whoever I'm going to let God do this. I'm going to let him fight the battle and then let him do it. See, a lot of us say we'll do that, and the minute we're, we're ready to fight, we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not so sure about that. And you get right back engaged in it. when You were, you were going to be okay, but you get right back engaged to it again because your faith has gone back to the fear. He will give you into our hands. Now, either you believe that verse or you don't believe. It. You say, well, that was good at that time. The Bible is, is alive today. God's talking to us through this. It's alive. You can put your name on that. In verse 48, he says, So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to me to meet David. So David had to go through a lot of things a time constraints. I had to go through all that. It would take weeks to go through all of David's stuff. But David had to go, he had to convince that his brothers were causing him trouble. King Saul, everything, all these people were trying to pull him back, and he kept saying, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to fight this man. He was going to fight him with their approval or without their approval. Amen? He, wasn't going to, he didn't have to have the approval of, of King Saul. He had the approval of God. Amen? Amen? When God's with you, he's your approval. Not anything else but God. David just wanted them to understand. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try on your armor, Saul, but it's not going to work for me. God is who approved this. When I tried to get this church going, I had so many people telling me it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be done. Can't do it that way. You've got to do it this way. You know how much attention I paid to those people? None. None. I didn't worry about it because I knew God had it. Amen. Just to let you know, we were we were one of the top ten churches last year in baptisms We had 51 last year. We got a plaque somewhere around here. I I don't even know. I can't remember what I do with it now. But 51 baptisms and I I had some preachers the other day talk to me. Said we have the best music of anybody in the whole state. Isn't that amazing? How does that happen? (laughs) God. God, he takes the least of the least, the ones that shouldn't have no ability to do it, and he does what he is going to do. I didn't need the approval of men. I'm talking about SBC, Southern Baptist. I didn't need their approval. I would like to have had it, which I did get it eventually. Boy, they, they love me now. We make them look good. I go up there and say, you bunch of hypocrites. I have very little to do with them although i love the doctrine of southern Baptists. but some of them people they're all politicians and whoo i'm not going to go there today i'm just glad i listened to god and not people you know when me and vicki got this going and asked us to go and there was no there was no fear in us there was no fear about losing losing money and and what if it didn't do this and that never that never entered our mind Because our heart was set on God. We knew God would accomplish what God was going to accomplish. Isn't that amazing? See, these these wonderful history lessons are still for us today. So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near, and that's Goliath, this giant of a man, a huge man, that should just scare you to death. When he got up and he says, I'm coming to get you, and this little David... And all of Israel standing. They're going down to this valley, this shadow of death, this valley. Now, David wasn't fearful. He knew. He knew he was going to kill Goliath before he even stepped foot on the mountain to go down. He knew it. He knew that God was going to do what God was going to do. Why can't we be like that? Why can't our faith be like that? Why can't we just say, God's going to accomplish it. No matter what it looks like, he's going to accomplish it. Oh, See, that was before david didn't have his focus on on politics or he didn't have his focus on the new thing or the the whatever the new shows are whatever new he didn't have his mind delusion by any of that he had his focus on god he wasn't worried about the party next week he wasn't worried about what's going on in church next week he had his focus on god if we're going to be the last hope for america the church not just the crossing but the church has got to get focused on god Fear will flee, because fear is by Satan. And and God has shown that through his word over and over again. That illustration what Paul Harvey gave us was so applicable for today. Everything he talked about has taken place and and the only thing that really happened at that time was the the drug issue was starting to come really alive and and the, the church had been forbidden to speak about anything from the pulpit anymore. In fear of tax exempt and, and prayer had been removed from church and, and from the schools in 1963. I wonder when he wrote that, if you really believed it when he wrote it. I think he did, don't you? He saw what was going to take place if something didn't change. And obviously, something didn't change, did it? The church went dormant. As far as I can see, it's pretty much still dormant today. I go around different places and I see a lot of older people. I look at these older people and I love them, but they're going to die. And these churches are shutting down. You'll see church after church that is closed up because the older people have died and there's no young people in the church. Now in this church, we're very fortunate. God has brought us young people. But in the majority of the churches, it's people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. And they're going to die out. We always have to reach out to our young. Amen? And the, the way that Satan has done it in destroying the word of God from the schools and everything else. And, and, and just like Paul Harvey talked about, the church has not fought back on that. They've feared down, bowed down to that, and bought into the proper ground. and bought into all that junk. And we stand where we stand today. But I'm telling you, God is with us amen Or we're with God if you're with God there's nothing to fear i get this here here now this next this next I love this next it says so when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David that David everybody give me that word give me that word hurried Hurried. what'd he do come on give me that word what'd he do Hurried. hurried I mean that's the word right there I mean he hurried he didn't turn around and run back did he he hurried to the battle. He didn't hesitate. His prayer time was already taken up. He'd already done that. He'd already realized what God wanted him to do. And he hurried to the battle. We, the church, we ain't hurrying to nothing. I can't even get people to come every week. We ain't hurrying to nothing. And if we don't get our act together, if we don't turn to Christ, over and over and let this fear be gone and satan will rule us and run over us david hurried and ran toward the army to meet the philistines some of you have a lot of issues in your life quit playing with the issues hurry will you hurry run to god Run to him, hurry, run to him, and let him accomplish these things in your life. He hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I mean, he was running to the army of the people that wanted to not play around with him, but utterly destroy Israel, kill them all. That's what he was running to, one young boy, one young boy. Not even his brothers would stand with him nobody would stand with him they were all up there like oh, we're we're gonna, oh, we're gonna be slaves i just know we're gonna be slaves they're gonna come over here they're gonna take our everything i own they're gonna take my wives they're gonna take my kids they're gonna take we're gonna be slaves how did we let this little young whippersnapper run look at him hurrying over here. he's hurrying can you can you believe it? that's what the church would be saying can we believe we just let this happen <laughs> see there was david had it he had it right the only one the last hope for israel he had it right he ran toward the army to meet the philistine then david put his hand in his bag and took out a stone we all know this right he picked out a stone man and he slung it and struck the philistine in the forehead so the stone sank into the forehead and he fell on his face to the earth so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him but there was no sword in the hand of David. Wow. You reckon that's a true story? You reckon God's trying to show us something there? Something more than just the words? Yeah, he is. He's telling you to faith like david and he's also telling you everybody that you can think of is going to come against you maybe everybody in your family maybe all your friends maybe your, your sisters your brothers maybe even the church maybe who knows is going to come against you because he's warning us they're going to not understand your faith amen but god has called us out to be the last hope for the world the world doesn't understand your faith and i'm telling you a lot of these churches don't understand your faith There's a lot of churches that aren't churches anymore. They're just buildings with people in them, and they call themselves churches, but they're not living by the rules of God. If you want a life like David, the only thing that's holding you back from a life like David is you. It's you. If you want a church... If you want a church that can be like David, that can be the last hope for a community, that can be the last hope, it's, it's the church that's held back. God's willing to, he, he's, he's right there, neon neon signs, neon letters, I'll help you if you get your faith right. I'll be with you, it'll look terrible in the world's eyes, the propaganda is going to come at you, there's going to be some major giants, but don't worry about those giants, don't even look at them, you pay attention to me, and I'll take care of it. Just tell me if you believe that or not. Come on, tell me. Amen. I believe that with everything I am. I have been there. More and more times I've been there. I've been there with my family, pastors, organizations. I've been there. I don't pay attention to what they're saying. I pay attention to what God tells me. And then God blesses you. They look around and say, how in the world did that happen? I had a pastor one time. I met him on a football field, a little kid football field years ago. And I liked the man. He's a good man. And I, I don't dress real nice, I'll be honest with you. I dress with shorts, you know, whatever. Sometimes they got holes in them and stuff, and raggy T-shirts. You know, I just, just me. And I was coming off the football field, and he was coming on, I guess his grandson or somebody was on there. And he looked at me, and he stopped. And he stopped dead in his tracks, and he looked at me, cocked his head a little bit, and he walked up to me, and he, and before he even could think what he, what he was saying, he says, how in the world did you get anybody to listen to you? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I guess it's God. <laughs> That's his people. Don't pay attention to him. You know, he caught himself when he said that. And he was so, I just laughed at him. I said, it's okay. I understand. It's fine. Because I can see a lot of people in the Bible that probably were a lot like me. Didn't look the part. Didn't really fit into the part that we think we should be in. No dressing dress in a tie every week and don't do this. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But, buddy, I don't want to look the part. I want to be the part. Amen? I'm going to say it again. I don't want to look the part. I want to be the part. And that's what you need to be. David hurried. He hurried. What do you think you hurried for? I just had to concentrate on that word for a while. You know, I think he wanted God's glory. He wanted, he wanted all of Israel to stood on top of that hill over there. And you know, they found this valley today. They've dug that up. They know where this valley's at, Valley Elam. I can just, he's, just saying, he's not saying, look at me. He's saying, look at my God. Amen? Because he knows that little David, that, guy, that, that giant would just walk up there and pop, pop, and you're dead. But he's saying, glory to God. And all of Israel got to see it. And you know what? They went from an from a, 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 a army of fear to an army of praise. In just a, a, a moment, from an army of fear to an army of praise. And I would imagine there had to be some soul searching after that one, wouldn't you? I imagine them brothers had to do some soul searching. He hurried to it, he didn't hesitate. He didn't say, I better think about this. Boy, that guy looks big. Boy, that situation looks like I can't. There's no way. He didn't look at the situation. He looked at his God. If you want to be the last hope, some of you people go to work. Every one of us go to work all the time. I tell you almost constantly, you want to be a last hope, go to work and let them know who you are. Because I'm going to tell you something. And a lot of you can testify to this. You may be the last hope in that place you work at. You may be the only one in there that talks about God or knows anything about God. What do you think God's got you there for? Hmm, let me think. God wants you what? Usable. He wants. You, I, I burnt the corner of this this morning. Not on, it was an accident. I left it there. I thought, you know what? If we're not usable... We're done. We're done. We're just going to fade away, burn away, whatever. We're just done. But when you're usable, God will come down, meet you right where you're at, and fight every battle for you. Amen? Be usable. Just be usable. Be usable. Go ahead, please. If the enemy can convince you to believe there is no hope, and that's what propaganda does, that's what the enemy always does, he wants, to, he wants to convince you that there's no hope in your God, nobody follows your God, nobody even talks about Jesus, and my goodness, don't you even dare bring your Bible to this place. They'll make fun of you. They'll call you Bible thumper, churchgoer. They'll call you all kinds of things. Well, see, you're, then you're paying attention to those people and not to God. Now, are you going to have a relationship with God when you're paying attention to people and not God? They can't have that relationship. You can't have that relationship when that's going on in your life. If the enemy can convince you to believe there's no hope, and surrender is your only option, surrender to the the whatever's going on wherever you're at. Surrender to that. Don't don't try to stand out and be usable. Just surrender to it. After all, there's five or ten or fifteen of those, and, and they'll think I'm something weird or something. You know how many people think I'm weird? Probably about everybody I meet. You know how concerned I am about it? Hey, Blackwell, how concerned I am about it? Not. 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 I'm not concerned at all. My job's not to be concerned. My job is to tell them the truth. And don't let fear hold me down. If the enemy convinces you to believe there's no hope and surrender is your only option, then propaganda war has been won without a stand. You haven't even started to get your hope out there. You haven't even started to get your testimony out there because you're too fearful. Maybe you want to go to the parties or, or get invited to the cookouts. I don't know. You know, that's not going to happen. Well, I can tell you what, you can just come right over here to the church. We're going to love you up and do all kinds of stuff with you. Right, We've got all kinds of stuff going on in this church. Amen? Amen. Now, you can either be a part of it or not. Ah, that's, your, that's your decision. But there's a lot of things that can be done through this church. Go ahead, please. Somebody take me on up here. This thing's not working. I'm going to close here in just a few minutes. Romans 5, 1 through 5, let's read it. Therefore, having me justified by faith. See, faith is what our justification comes through, is through faith. Was that not a trial that David went through? Absolutely. It was a big one, wasn't it? But who else was on trial? All of Israel. All of Israel. Therefore, having me justified by faith, faith (laughs) takes you to the battles. It makes you usable. Faith in action makes you usable. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Did David look like a man that was stressed out? Now all the other men of Israel, I don't know how many days Goliath have been coming over and yelling at him and doing all he's been doing, but they're stressed out. So stressed out, all they can, all they can hear is that giant every morning screaming out to him. They bow down like a bunch of little babies. David's faith had been tested and he's passed and he's going on with God through our Lord Jesus Christ in verse 2 through whom we through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand when God allowed David to kill the giant was that grace he allowed Israel to see the glory of God without doing anything he gave them this victory through David. That's grace. What's the cross about? It's about grace, isn't it? Grace and faith. God allows us to have salvation through redemption through his cross, which is grace. And we didn't do anything except surrender to him. Faith in gra- in this, into this grace in which we stand... And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. That's a tough one there. But we also glory in tribulations. The propaganda of this world will always come after you with fear. I've told you that. That's what's gonna happen, that's the fastest way they can get us. That's tribulation. If you're fearing something, you're going to go through this but you don't have to go in this deep tribulation over it you don't have to do that rejoice in the hope of the glory of God and not only that but we also glory in tribulations because as David knew God was going to be with him in the battle and his glory would shine through it we also should know that in our tribulations knowing That tribulation produces, what's that word? Consistency again. You say, well, I, I don't like all that tribulation. I don't either. But I know one thing, it grows my faith. Amen? It grows my faith. So bring it on. That's a scary thing, isn't it? But how can I get closer to God? How can I get a closer relationship if I don't go through the tribulations? I don't want to stay where I'm at. I don't dare want to stay where I'm at right now. I'm not, I don't want to stay where I'm content where God's got me, but I don't want to stay here. I want to get deeper and deeper in the Word of God, deeper and deeper in understanding God. And I realize that tribulations is going to be part of that. That's going to take place. But I also realize by now that it's God going to pull me through it. I'm not going to look at the tribulation. I'm going to look at God produces perseverance consistency and perseverance character which is integrity it's who we are it's our personality changing from something that was so insane the way i lived before to something now that is so absolutely beautifully being made my spirit through the word and truth of god through the tribulations and my faith amen you know one thing that really drives me nuts and all the time, and it's when people say, I have faith. They never, go to, they never walk into the door of church, but they have faith. I, I really get tired of hearing that. I'm like, you, what, 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 what are you talking about? What do you mean you have faith? People of faith. <laughs> people of faith. Do you have a relationship with God? No, I don't have a relationship with God, but I've got faith. <laughs> Satan has won them over, <laughs> he has won them over. There is one way to heaven amen and it's through jesus christ and here's this word of god this is the word of god this is the only way you're going to make it this is the only way you're going to make it out of this world it's the only way there is no other way knowing that tribulation produces produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and five now hope does not disappoint amen what's that say everybody hope does what We're the last hope. We're we're the last hope. It's not going to disappoint. God's not going to allow that to happen. Everybody may not see it this way, but God's truth will prevail. Amen? It will prevail. Just because other people don't want to recognize that doesn't mean that it hasn't prevailed. God's truth will prevail, and he'll take us through this. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. I love that word poured out. It's not dripping out. It's poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen? I told you I wanted to get you closer to the Holy Spirit. Have that Holy Spirit just fill you up when we started this series. And I'm hoping that to hope that took place. You can have as much as God as you want. Amen? You have every bit of God that you want. You can be David today. You can go to your jobs, you can preach the Word of God. Don't do it when you shouldn't be doing it, when you should be working, but you can preach the Word of God. Break times, you can always speak. You know how I speak the Word of God? Through the Scriptures. I say things that the Scriptures say when I'm talking to people. Some people know right, right away what you're talking about. And other people don't, but they're, they're getting God's truth through the Scriptures, through the different words of the Bible. That's why it's important you learn the Word of the Bible. Read 5 one time, we're going to close. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Let's stand. Brooke, come on up, please. I got a camouflage hat here. <coughs> now, you can put this hat on like this. Hide your ball spot. You can camouflage your faith if you want. Because that's that's one of the main issues with the church today. Instead of being the last hope, we try to camouflage what we believe about God, what we say we believe about God. I mean, Monday through Saturday, man, we've got to camouflage. We have learned how to camouflage our faith, haven't we? That's why the world's in a mess. We've learned to camouflage our faith. And then on Sunday morning, we take the hat off and we flip it around. And the lies fall apart. God will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. What you know about God, he'll hold you accountable for that. If you testify that you love Jesus Christ, then you better love him Sunday through Sunday. Amen? We need Davids out there. We don't need a, a church up on the hill looking down. So scared they won't even, even come down. They won't do anything for David. I just wonder if anybody said, I got your back, David. Because that's all they could see was his back. David, one young boy on his own with the heart of God, brought hope alive again. Amen? Do you realize in your family You may be the only hope in your family, and you have the opportunity to bring that hope alive in your family by standing firm in the Word of God. Not bowing down to propaganda, but standing firm. And your faith is lifted up through all the tribulations you'll go through, and you will not stop because God has given you a heart to go. Amen? You're usable, usable faith. It's not camouflaged, but usable. Let's bow our heads. Father, as we come before you this morning, Father, I ask you to to help us, Father. It's a trying, trying time we live in, Lord. Our leaders are not really leaders anymore. There's a few out there, Lord, that, that are still there and bring us hope. Oh, Father, Satan wants to shut him up so desperately. He wants to shut our, your church up. Father, would you let us recognize that we need David's today. You need David's today. You'll build our faith. You'll allow us to stand in the valley of the shadow of death and be, conquer the enemy through you. If only we'll go. And it's in jesus name i pray amen I Want to open the tables you're welcome at these tables if you belong to jesus christ if you belong to jesus christ you're welcome at these tables uh, this rope i'm going to have it out this last week for the rope if you want to join this church a, if you want to know about the rope i can tell you about it later but it's something we've done since the very beginning our seventh year anniversary is coming up in a few weeks first sunday of december and that's how we started allowing people to join the church something completely different than anybody else but that's what god told me to do and that's what i did And it works. Then we'll have a class for you later on to let you know all the ins and outs. But if you want to join this church, come and sign the book and tie on. That's what we do. We tie on. We're all the same. They're all the same length because we're all the same to God. Amen? Amen? Tie on. Join. Become part of God's church. Be hope to a dying world. Be hope to your family, to your communities. Just be hope. You come.